Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Still amazed. I'm, I've been following fashion for a long time, but still I don't really don't understand it. And I, I, I think it's really marvelous. Like we're living really tough times and fashion is, is responding to those times, sometimes in a very arrogant way, sometimes in a very humble way. And I really love it. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter, where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hi, Monica. Hi, Kemi. Where are we? What are we doing? Welcome back to Fashion No Filter. We are sitting in the gorgeous flat, which is above the store Merci in Paris. The iconic... Uh super trendy store in the Marais that I think a lot of even foreign people will know about. And they've lent us this gorgeous space so that we could interview our guest today that we have actually got out of quarantine for you today. Not only have we dreamed of interviewing this man for years, but his first <laughs> his first moment back from being in quarantine due to having traveled to Milan during coronavirus is with us. So while everybody backstage um, and at the shows will have been really missing Loïc Prigent, we managed to sit down with him this morning and get the full shebang of everything that went on this season. And we can't wait to share. As Monica just said, um, Loïc is uh, a force to be reckoned with in the industry. Yeah, he really is fashion's preeminent documentarian. Nobody has been more prolific in recent generations in terms of reporting on fashion, but he's also known for his incredible sense of humor around the industry without actively making fun of fashion because he has a deep love and respect for it. So it's a really interesting complexity. His documentaries, first for Chanel, then for Arte, and now for TMC. The way I see it, he's almost like a translator, someone who speaks fluently fashion and who manages to communicate to us um, and the general public what designers and creators truly are trying to say. I, I think that's a really nice way of putting it, Kemi, and he contextualizes fashion within the greater dialogue. And now to set the tone before the interview, Kemi would like to read you one of our favorite ever quotes from the great Louis Prigent. Fashion is hysteria, lightness, futility, Sensical, nonsensical, fervor of living, utter awareness, selfishness, futile, utter unawareness, constantly renewed energy, the narrative. To forget, to remember, it's a powerful driving force and a powerful revelator. He's out. He's escaped. Yay. Congratulations. Bienvenue, Loïc. Oh là là, my mental health. How do you feel? Weird. I like, and it's so weird because confinement st uh, stops right uh, like 12 hours after the Vuitton show, which is the last show of Fashion Week. So it's like... And that's a coincidence. Yeah. But uh, it feels really weird. Like, um, I don't know, I missed something <laughs> really. Like there was a storm I was supposed to go through and I didn't. But yeah, I, I was actually spending a lot of time at home re reading a lot of reviews, but actually I do that during Fashion Week usually and breaking down, breaking the 
the collections. So maybe it's weird. Yesterday I was feeling like I, I had a more analytic uh, perspective on collections. Like usually it's my uh, colleagues who are women who have this analytical point of view of the collections because they know what we, they will wear or not wear and they see right. trends. And I'm a guy, so I, uh, I don't really see the trends. And like yesterday I was like, ah, oh, maybe I, I saw better the trends than usual. Oh, that's interesting. In a weird way, yeah. So you don't look at it as like, you don't look at it and think, oh, but my friend Sally would look really great in this. You look at it as artwork. I, I look at it as a, an industry, I think. Uh, I, uh, I look at the music, at the, how the seats are made, how, how is the floor, um, mm -hmm. the colors of everything, and the people who sit there. And I really see it as a dynasty or Dallas. And the That's trends exactly are part of it. It is though. It is that. That's exactly what it is. And trends are only like uh, I guess twenty percent maybe of uh, um, of what I see, uh, I look at. One of our friends wrote a really scathing review of um, of the Kanye show, saying that people were very very upset and not being seated because they're so used to being able to see the hierarchy of you know, the seating that tells you your place. It's it's exactly what you're saying. Like that's the whole process of it is actually way more important sometimes than actually what's going on on the runway. Yeah, maybe is it, uh, and if that's what you um, take out of the Kenya show, maybe it's interesting too. Mm. Oh, we were we were not seated. Yeah, yeah but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, that's what people were talking about. It's crazy. But also, also, also his daughter singing. <laughs> well, I mean, the daughter, she was like, cool, yeah. Yeah, do you remember the bench gate at Balenciaga when Nicolas Gisquier was there and a few benches uh, broke right before the show with like, like boom noise like and ah screams in the room and um, Lionel Vermeil, the fashion PR of uh, Balenciaga at the time, had to come and say, "Please, people, we need you to stand because uh, the benches are are weak." And so we, we, we all stood during the, sh the Balenciaga show and it was really amazing just to the change of perspective of a few centimeters. Mm. We, we saw models go through us uh, at the same, same eye level. Eye level. Wow, okay, so... And it changed so much. And I still talk about it 10 years later. Yeah, so this is something that you remember. So as a person who goes to so many shows... So many. You still see the importance of the fashion show. You think oh, oui. that... Ah oui, ah ouais. it's okay. my mess du dimanche. Yeah, I, I it's his charge, his Sunday's charge. <laughs> <laughs> mess. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, and I'm really serious about it, and I really love it, yeah, still. So people who say that we need to do away with the way that fashion shows are being done now because it's unsustainable, you would counter that. You would say we need to continue to have fashion shows to totally understand the work of I know, no, I, I totally agree that uh, fashion shows are a disaster uh, and, uh, for the environment yeah. and for maybe for the mental health too. <laughs> and I really think that uh, the fashion show has to change all the time. If yeah. you keep doing the same thing, it's not fashion. Fashion has to change. So I really, uh, I really liked observing what's changing and how, how the fashion houses are dressing um, new stuff. And I think they really, really need to, to change everything. I really loved how... Oh, Jacques Mus did uh, his fashion show in, in January yeah. with just a white square <clears throat> and not such a huge production. And I, I love the, the teeny bits it changed. Like it didn't uh, become um, a sustainable brand over in, in, in overnight. One week. No, you can't do that overnight. But he, he like ordered only 10 fabrics for the wool collection instead of ordering 100. And he said that um, this gave him leverage with uh, factories. And now he has um, a more sustainable fabric because he's ordering so much of the same mm. patch that he, he can uh, pressure the guys saying, no, I want it to be made this, with the less pesticide on, on the cotton, da, 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 this kind of stuff. He's an impressive guy, that Seymour. Yeah, he's my hero. He is. Yeah. I can see that. I, I mean, they're all my heroes, but he's a, a good hero. He's a ray of sunshine. Mm. Why does he particularly stand out to you? Because I filmed him from the beginning, I guess. Yeah. I saw him being um, uh, a little kid with dreams in his, in his eyes. I saw him become this, like, uh, almost British uh, fashion designer. I saw him um, uh, do mistakes. 
I remember going backstage and saying, why did you do that? Mm. <laughs> After a show I didn't like. And I saw him like overcome everything and become this like full-blown, really creative, incredible designer who's naive and wise at the same time. And it's really beautiful to, to film this kind of story. I agree with you. Mm. And so from having done this for so long, um, and I'm going to ask, <laughs> I'm going to ask you in a bit to take us back through that journey of yours. But how have things changed? Because you did, you did just say to us that you think that fashion needs to constantly be reinventing itself. Um, and since you've been doing this, how how much of an evolution have you seen within fashion shows and the way that we? I mean, obviously the digital revolution has come in mm-hmm. and all of that, the sharing online and stuff. Um, what's your perspective on it? Plus ça change, moins ça change. I, I don't know. It's changed. Uh, it changed a lot, but it's still a Paris Fashion Week. Uh, there's still the big brands showing showing up. There's not a lot of young designers. I feel mm. who are like. I feel like, if, for example, does London Fashion Week really matters? Like, um, it seems like the brands are lasting for two years yeah. or three years in in London. I am, um, which is really weird to me because why? Be- because the British Fashion Council seems to be so efficace. Yeah, they're very efficient. Yeah. They're very good. Yeah. They're spending yeah. money yeah. and they're proud to spend money. The British Fashion Award is like s- such a huge demonstration totally. of money, spending and power and glamour and care. They really care about their designers. But I don't understand why, why the designer don't, don't, don't last on that calendar. For example, I think in France, fashion is so institutionalized. It's such a part of our culture. It's such a big part of our economy. And mm. I just don't think that it holds that kind of weight in Britain. Mm. This unique tone of voice that you have, <laughs> we wanted to ask you about that. Like, where does this come from? Were you kind of observing the other kids around you in the playground and making jokes about them? Or uh, were you writing as a child or a youngster? I was doing fanzines. I, I found my, my old fanzines the other day. And I was doing fanzines since fanzines. I was like, yeah, since I was ten. Okay, I have to. Can we take a step back? Yeah. I don't actually totally understand what fanzines are, and I I want to understand. Okay, this, I think that the punk vibe to it it means that you're a fan and you're doing a zine. Okay. Beam. But I was not a fan of punk rocks when I when I was ten, obviously. So I did like little magazines. It it was I was obsessed by magazines and fashion magazines. And I was doing little magazines. I, I didn't uh, one about um, ecology when I was 10 because they, they, they had an oil spill in front of my... Um, I, I was living in Brittany in, uh, in front of the, the, the beach and I think I was traumatized by an oil spill when I was a kid. So I did a green fanzine and then I did like humorous fanzines when I was in high school. And I, when I went to Paris, I even went to Actor Paris and I did a fanzine there. I was really lucky because I, when I started uh, writing about it, I was re- I was a pigiste, a freelance mm-hmm. at uh, Libération, and we, which had a uh, which was a French newspaper with a tradition of writing about fashion as it's both serious and the the, the craziest joke on earth. So um, and uh, Gérard Lefort, who was writing about uh, fashion in Libération, asked me to join him and to co-write with him for one Fashion Week. And I was like so happy about it. And on the Monday of the first day, he called me and said, "Oh, actually, I'm not coming. Bye. No, you can do it oh, yourself." So you were let loose on I your was first totally fashion week. Let loose like crazy. First row because you are Liberation, you are first row, <gasps> which which is really crazy. <laughs> and I, I wrote basically n'importe quoi about uh, the fashion week. Uh, for two seasons. But did Liberation. you write? When you say n'importe quoi, you mean what you actually thought? Yeah. Yeah. You just wrote instinctively. Because oui. I read and something... Sometimes that... I was not uh, right, of course. Sometimes... Uh, but w- what was amazing is that as I, as I was Liberation, I could call up Christian Lacroix and they, 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 they would say, oh yeah, one second. And I, I would really talk to Christian Lacroix about the inspiration of, of his show. And same with Véronique Leroy, Isabelle Maran. Mm-hmm. It was really, really, really impressive to have this access of people. And I, I, what's funny is that I, when I'm... One of the paragraphs of my report was the funny sentences I heard, I overheard in in Fashion Week, and it's a thing I still. Which is now the subject of two books. Yeah. Which we're (laughs) going to be reading some of our favorite excerpts in the introduction. Nice. But you just what you just said about um, 
finding it not that easy or thinking certainly that you wouldn't be able to have access to fashion um, easily. I think that's still the case for people who are not outside the industry. Not, I'm not saying that people can't see it or like comment, etc. But you are one of the few people that are let in behind the scenes backstage. You are given access to the designers and fashion does have a reputation for not allowing mainstream media to come in and report on what they're it's, doing. It's yeah. getting worse and worse. It's getting worse and worse. Yeah. Because when I started to film fashion in 96, 97, we were a lot of TVs mm. uh, and um, for example, to to have the interview, to get the interview of the designer at the end of the fashion show, sometimes we would wait for one hour, one hour and a half. It was if it was Carl at the end of uh, Carla Garfield at the end of Chanel, or if it was um, Stella McCartney at Chloe, and then at her own, uh, own her own brand. And same for Tom Ford when he, he was at Saint Laurent. There was a queue of TVs mm -hmm. waiting. And because TVs were interested in fashion, but also because fashion houses were letting the TV in. in. And now, sometimes I, I'm alone. Why? Because TVs are not interested in fashion that much anymore. It, be, it became Is this... it that though? Or is it the house not Wait, letting them in? Both. But, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's both. both. I think, I think both. and I think fashion people are not interested in fashion anymore. Like I was confined this week and I was trying to, to see what was happen happening in fashion shows. And of course my Instagram feed is only fashion people. Mm. It's, it's crazy. And I was not seeing the shows. People, the fashion people are not showing the fashion shows mm. on their Instagram feed anymore. Can I, can I yeah. just comment to that? Yeah, it's of course. It's because it doesn't work on our audience. Yeah. Because people are not interested in seeing it. So anymore. the audience does, the but audience is subscribed to you, but they don't want to see the fashion shows? Because it's yeah. overwhelming. Because like it used to be that a few people had access and you had like a few people were showing it and then it's interesting. But if everybody is showing the same thing at the same time, you get overwhelmed with the information and you're like, right, you know what? I would rather go and look at someone on holiday or like yeah. what the they're result, reading. The or, result is that nobody's showing the shows anymore. Exactly. Or what you want, what they want to see, or certainly my audience wants to see me at Chanel on the set wearing a Chanel right. outfit, yeah. which is like, I, I actually would probably like to write a little blurb about the show. And I mean, I just do it anyway. Mm. And by the way, how many likes you get is about to disappear in Canada, where I'm from. It only says and hundreds of others or and thousands of others. Yeah. So I actually really agree with that because I think that people should be posting what they are good, observing yeah. about the world yeah. uh, rather than what their followers want them to be posting. But I mean, sorry, followers. So nobody's reporting about the fashion shows anymore. Oh, yeah. Thank God you're here. But that's what I it's it's. it's but I think the perspective is also interesting because I have spoken to a few people in TV, as in on mainstream TV, who want to go and do a reportage on Isabelle Barrand, the designer, and they they find it well, incredibly darling, We've hard. tried with the B yeah. remember with the BBC. We tried with the BBC to get them into fashion shows. It was almost impossible without we our had to, without us actually basically having to personally call every single PR. A BBC producer could not get access to London yeah, fashion shows. They need trust. They need trust. It has to be a person, the middleman who's from the industry. Like I, re I will you know. always remember being at a, at a show full of, uh, it was backstage, full of huge uh, crinoline. Crinoline. Crinoline, I think. Yeah. No eyes, no crinolines. No crinolines. <laughs> so it was no. full of like this amazing crinoline and like Giselle Bunchen posing and uh, Carmen Cass being a fainting of beauty, <laughs> with beauty. And it was really crazy. And this was this uh, cameraman from uh, uh, TF1, which is like the French BBC, I guess. Not not the French BBC. Not but, quite, but yeah. But a big, big yeah. major... Uh, um, TV channel in France and he was screaming at, at the sound engineer who was working with him il se passe rien putain il a rien là il se passe rien <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening <laughs> and because uh, I think uh, TV people they, 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 they really crave for models uh, fainting but not with beauty but because they're anorexic oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they really want like uh, yeah. something that's really scandalous oui and yeah. they really don't care about clothes. So that's what I personally think that that's what the fashion houses are worried about. They see TV and they think they think that it's going to be a serious investigation about behind the scene drugs and sex scandals. Uh, yeah, and the food and, and yeah, the, the, the things that the industry has to answer for. And anorexia. And probably a few people did make those documentaries, not you or us, but you know, um, and that's probably what threw them off. 
Fair enough. No, and they don't get the, the, the subtlety of a fashion show where we just change a, a color. We just the, the newness comes from right. But if you this don't really subtle thing, if you don't live in our bubble, I guess maybe that's not that interesting to you. But it should be. I mean, what you do is find ways of making that interesting to the general public. Mm. Do you not? Yeah, I really love. I really love um, describing a, a show, describing the inspiration, the. Um, explain trying to explain like even go in inside of the tweed of a chanel suit and and say okay they, they, there's figurative references in here which is like you the, the white thread is the steam of a, lo a locomotive and the paillettes the sequins are the yeah. the wheels of the locomotive and it, contextualizing it yeah that's what Works and you were also one of the first people ever to do that, right? Was it Le Jour d'Avant for Arte that that was? I think was it, or like maybe even a Chanel documentary before where you followed. My first really big uh, documentary, big. I mean, it was a five-part series. It was Signé Chanel. Yeah, in Signé Chanel. We filmed it oh. in two thousand four, and it was really following a, a haute couture collection from A to Z at uh, at Chanel. We even filmed before. The collection where, when the seamstresses are waiting for the Karl Lagerfeld drawings, saying, mm, Qu'est-ce qu'il va nous faire cette saison? Mm. Oh, j'espère pas ces trucs là. <laughs> How did you get them to let you in that time if it was the beginning? Um, a long lunch with Karl Lagerfeld and him making really, really nasty jokes about celebrities and, and, <laughs> and La Marquise de Pompadour for hours. And at the end, I was like, Yeah, but we're here for one thing. We want you to. To accept that we film uh, uh, inside uh, your your haute couture collection, it was yeah, of course. If you if we are having lunch, it means that it's okay. I was like ah, okay, nice. And then they really didn't understand that I was about to follow like everybody for like the whole the whole time that yeah. I would arrive even before them at work and leave after them at work. Uh, that it I would be like really there all the time but when i got adopted by the first of atelier la première d'atelier madame martine and carl lagerfeld saw that she kind of liked me carl said oh if she respects loic i'm gonna give him more access and it won't be a problem and it was like and then the premiere saw that carl was respecting me so they respected me more and, and i got accepted that way so you actually won them over slowly while you were there yeah and i i really see that as your great strength because i mean forgive me for the comparison but i kind of see you in my mind as the kind of french louis theroux in the sense that when you go in somewhere <laughs> no but like yeah. it's that thing of like people just I think instinctively trust you and are able to talk to you and and you have this this way of critiquing the industry of like being really able to show the absurdity of some of it and how crazy some of it is but yet you seem to really love it and respect it at the same time and I think that really shines through would you say that's accurate yeah it, it's accurate it's like I'm I say uh, I'm premier degree at me <laughs> well, how do you say it in English? Well, first degree and second degree doesn't really work in English. First ah. degree is when you're deadpan, like you're, and then there's tongue in cheek, which is second degree. So he's, he's tongue in cheek and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm, he's, I'm, no, I'm he's deadpan in cheek. Deadpan in cheek. He's got a deadpan <laughs> in his cheek. So it's, it means that I'm always really, uh, really interested by people and uh, fashion people. And I, uh, um, and in, in the same time, they really make me laugh, but in in the nicest way because it's uh, I'm astounded by 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 the bubble and by I really love it. Yeah, no, and that's so refreshing because so often fashion people are like, I hate it, but you know, I'm there's a lot of the attitude that's I really hate it and I wish I weren't here, but I'm just so good at it, which. I struggle with, and it's refreshing. She, she did a, a hair flip. I did a that. hair flip. I did. <laughs> for dramatic effect. And I, I live for the hair flips. Oh, yeah. Mm. No, but I just, I find that very important because I do think that we are lacking in our industry um, some voices of authority who are actually, like, coming in with critical perspective. And I feel that even though like you're not here to skate, you do actually say things as they are. You come into a show and you really describe everything as you see. Yeah, but it's it's like um, I think Cecil Beaton. Uh, when you watch a picture of Cecil Beaton, you you you're 
both amazed and you're, you're both laughing because it's so over the top and I love the over the top and I, I think if you st stop laughing about it it's it's wrong you have to to enjoy it and 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 really and enjoying it means taking it all in and laughing about it but have you ever gotten in trouble for anything you said yes of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah what yeah, do you yeah, do if that happens Mm, you you kind of wait that they they they, they forget about it <laughs> and uh, patiently and you, you know you have to know why you you're getting um, bl blacklisted and um, and so it makes it sometimes funny and uh, well, yeah there's some jokes I did like sometimes you do a joke and ten years later they, they still haven't. Uh, forgiven you it's so me, yeah. it's like sometimes you have to say sometimes you say to the editor like yeah this is really funny but if it's funny for 30 seconds this is 10, 20 years of us being blacklisted mm. so do do we is it worth it yeah is it worth it yesterday we had this like we have a 30 second joke and we were like okay so this person and this person won't talk to us for like how long five years <laughs> At the same time, yeah. but and it's like killing your baby yeah. to have to d and, delete it. But and we went, it. we went for it. We didn't kill it. Oh, you kept yeah, it. Yeah, we kept it. It's really funny because some people reacted to this being scandalized, and some people were really laughing about it. Like, so it's like it's always like the way I view viewed it was not the the, the way people received it. So. And so to go back to your, because obviously this was, you're talking about something that was the perspective of you watching things from your house on your phone and on online. Yeah. What did stand out for you this week? I, I, um, it's funny, the, the show I wanted to watch on my phone, the shows I wanted to watch on my computer and the shows I wanted to watch on my TV. Okay, tell because, us everything. Because I have a big TV. Okay, really. so tell us, tell us what you watched on. Oh, yeah, so Balenciaga. Balenciaga. I, I think the the um, I mean the production value of La Mode on Image this week was crazy from my confined point of view. <laughs> the Balenciaga show production was done by La Mode on Image, and I think they tripled the amount of um, huge screen the huge screen that yeah. that was on the roof. Mm -hmm. On the ceiling was three times the what the Milan Farmer ever did, and wow. Milan Farmer is our Rolling Stones, I guess. <laughs> so I mean, the production value at Balenciaga and at Vuitton was really like oh, mind blowing. Mind blowing. Vuitton was unbelievable. Well, we've just come out of it last night. It did was you had um, goosebumps. goosebumps? I had goosebumps, but here's the thing. Oh, so hold on. Two minutes goosebumps, three minutes. All the way, all the way home. All like, the way to honestly, La Palette. Honestly, like one hour goosebumps. <laughs> honestly, because I don't get that kind of like shivers. It was like the people that came out. They were watching us in the historical outfits. We need to describe it. It was screaming at it. I was screaming in it front of the computer. It felt like people from the past looking oh, down on us. Oh no no! Louis XIV was there. Well, that's what I actually just. And Matari. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all of the greats, all the greats. So I, I felt like it was fashion history, kind of validating this terrifying time. I know this sounds really over the top, over intellectualizing of it, but I think that um, you allowed to over intellectualize it. Yeah. But basically, the Louvre was closed for coronavirus yesterday. Okay, and this. It's just such a scary time. You know, Trump's in power. Polanski's winning the this biggest a... cinema award in France. Uh, it, things are a little shaky. And for some reason, I love, I'm a history geek. So I love the idea of history looking down on us because it makes us um, understand that our time is really transient. And I find that really reassuring. You're right. But whereas Balenciaga was just the kind opposite. of ap apocalyptic. I felt um, that Vuitton was like this really reassuring way of closing fashion. I agree. And it was also this thing of like the past looking at the present, but also the future, because what you're seeing on the runway yeah. is not now, it's what's coming next. next so it felt this like, like the surge of like being like watching everything come full circle and being like exactly what you're saying. It's okay. It's going to be okay. We're, this has been going on forever. And it will go on for a long time. So just be like, just just enjoy it. Also, the people singing 
Okay, you were watching it from your television, but it was yeah, yeah. unbelievable. It was live. Uh, yes. It was like a live concert. Yeah. It was like mm -hmm. an opera. I heard someone coming out of the show on the phone to their editor and they were like, I was quite far and I couldn't figure out whether it was a film or real people singing. I turned on and I was like, no, no, it was real people. And he was like, it was real people. <laughs> Because last year he did that like, that really weird, um, you know, that woman singing. Was it a woman? You know, like that, like image. It's okay to cry. Mm. Yeah. The song was "It's Okay to Cry." Mm. She was sitting next to me, and she was crying actually. Oh, really? <laughs> Last year, yeah. It and really it was, a, and it was, a, it was a, yeah. it felt like um, um, what's the word? You know, like um, a hologram or something. You know, that mm. huge, and it felt very, very modern. And this felt the complete opposite. It was incredible. Have you ever cried in a show? Tears of joy. Uh, we, I think, uh, I think once an Australian designer, I don't remember his name, and I, I cried. Really funny. Really. And uh, but goosebumps, I, I can get goosebumps uh, a lot. And uh, of course, when Carl died, the the Fendi show after he died was a, a really really moving moment. I, I, it was not pretty. It was not pretty um, tears. Not I think we were crying like like sobbing sobbing like uh, uh, Julien the um, cameraman who, who I work with a lot was crying 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 the sound guy was crying and the sound guys they never cry everybody everybody was crying but it was not for uh, it, it was like uh, yeah it was like being at a funeral or something it was really really well the, I thought the Chanel show a couple of weeks later really did feel like a funeral when we were I mean mm -hmm. it was a happy funeral though because it felt like it was going to keep going mm -hmm. I don't know I was really happy to be backstage at that show because yeah. it was so tough. And I filmed, uh, I was filming backstage and I filmed uh, this model who was starting to cry and Guillaume from uh, Villa Eugenie, who's another production company. And uh, he was saying, no tears, no tears, it's not allowed, not allowed. <laughs> and boom, and he sends her over the, uh, over the runway and she's like, <gasps> and she went wow. and but didn't cry. But Cara or somebody was crying on that road. Penelope Cruz was crying. On Everybody the was crying. Like Everybody it was beautiful. Was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, we want to get um, some of your reactions to some of the shows which we know you watched on your phone or on TV. But it might, as we were saying, it might give you a different perspective. Yeah. Or some just some shows <laughs> and fashion current events in the past couple of weeks. How do you feel about that? Do you feel ready? Yeah, okay. okay. Or uh, mega ready. Yeah. <laughs> mega ready. Mega ready. Mega ready. Okay, so Kanye gets the fashion world up for a Sunday church service. Ugh. 8.30 a.m. Ugh. Everyone, oh, everyone is up. I don't like Trump. I, I'm not a big I believer in religion. So I, I was like, Ugh. and he did this thing with a, a, a priest, a, a priest, a pastor, a, a pastor, come on, pastor. pastor. Pastor who's homophobic and da da da. So uh -huh. I was like, Ugh, no. Yep. What, the pastor no. was homophobic? Yeah, there was once a Sunday service who he, which he did with a guy oh, who yeah, was yeah, yeah. really not okay. a progressive guy. I mean, I don't like religion, so I was like, no. Yeah, it's also complicated because the fashion industry is so vocal about its anti-Trump sentiments, but is totally willing to support Kanye. But I, I, I shouldn't be, I mean, it's not my job. It's, it was not a fashion event. It was another kind of event. So I don't, uh, I don't. Uh, I know, but we I like your perspective that. on and all Ka things Kanye, cultural. So take, this was a fashion event. Kanye getting uh, Northy to sing as the main performance for his show. That was really interesting. I thought really, really interesting. I loved the performance aspect, performative aspect of it. I loved that it was in uh, on the Parti Communist uh, old building, so the Communist Party old building built by Niemeyer, the great architect. And I loved that the, the we are in the middle of an electoral campaign for the mayor of Paris, mm -hmm. and the music was honking. At what time was it? Nine o'clock? Yeah. Honking for like 20 minutes in the middle of Paris, in yeah. the middle of an uh, electoral campaign. I find it really funny. I mean, it's more than AbFab. In AbFab, they couldn't write this. No, no. They wouldn't intrigue. have found something so absurd. No, it's so absurd. And then she comes up and, and does this really shrieking, shrieking noise. <laughs> I mean, it was really, really funny. And it will be funny for thousands of years. Completely. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> can, were you, were can, you there? Can fashion get political? What did you think of oh, CO? Oui. Was it CO2 equals patriarchy at Dior? I loved it. 
I really love the 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 how do you call it the surrounding of the collection the set the neon signs so there was huge signs it was made by um, Bureau Betac the other big uh, production company friend of the pod Alexandre Betac who's been on the show before I love when when there's something that I really don't I don't understand at first and it it, because it gives me a call to ask questions to the designers and to the teams and why did you do that why why is there newspapers on the floor there was newspaper on the floor and it's because of a picture they saw of Matisse Henri Matisse painting in in his uh, atelier and which is obviously a bubble but to protect the floor he had newspaper uh, all over the floor and I think it was a nice way to recreate the bubble of the artist but still there's a This is a newspaper, so he's standing on the newspaper, he's standing on the news, he's standing on the world. And I thought it was really great to do that at a fashion show. And I never saw it, so it, I thought it was a really poetic gesture. And I loved how violent those words were. On, uh, they in, were violent. Yeah, that was because also consent. Consent, yeah. and it was a day after the... Weinstein's uh, conviction in New York. Voilà, so I think, and, and it was a few days before uh, Roman Polanski got uh, the mm-hmm. main award mm-hmm. at Le, Les Césars, the French Oscars, and uh, consent, consent was written there. And I think it was like really, really smart, uh, smart intelligent, bold. And uh, I loved how I was talking with you guys. Uh, on DM, on yeah. DMs. We've been speaking about this and all week. I was like, wow. You you were sending me uh, screen grabs of friends of yours who were women and were really upset yeah. by this. And I was like, wow, even women are, are Not about shocked. consent. Not, not Just to consent. be clear, what upset some people was the sign, sorry to cut you off, just was the sign that said CO2 equals patriarchy. Because I think that people confuse the concept of patriarchy and all men everywhere now and in the past. And I think that there are men and women who feel like, and I do hear this, like excluding the male from both the sustainability and feminism dialogue is dangerous or not actively excluding them, but making them feel like other or excluded from it. But patriarchy doesn't equal men. I know, but men don't always know that. But they need to know that because it's not the same thing. Yeah, but see, we're having a a A conversation conversation about about this concept. Mm. And a lot of fashion people had a conversation for the first time about this concept. Absolutely. And uh, there was this uh, sentence, uh, all women, are, we are all clitoridian women. Yeah, exactly. And I was shocked by this sentence in the best sense of shock. Like, yeah. oh, wow, what does it mean? Yeah. I, am I? I'm lucky. I'm <laughs> good news. Wow, cool. Are you? And I really uh, uh, read about it and uh, because it's, uh, it's this uh, Italian, I don't have a name in my mind, but it's an Italian philosopher and yeah. feminist yeah, of the absolutely. 70s. Yeah. who said that sentence and I was like oh and I really dug in, in the concept and I learned stuff so it's good I love it it is good that's the thing and actually a little bit of con- even if some of those sentences push the envelope you know why not really? and if you shock people a little bit that's and good. fashion is creating this kind of dialogue that you and I that we've all been having this week yeah we've all had and that we're having now week, not about. because I do hear you know certain mothers who really reacted because I posted <clears throat> someone's negative reaction to it as a just a dialogue starter because I just like to stir the pot it's one of my main hobbies um without taking a side because I'm shulash um and basically Somebody wrote to me saying, you know, well, surely the real instigators of climate change are the women who are buying millions of handbags a day. And then, and I posted that. And then people were like, surely that's totally sexist because it's the men anyway who made women feel that their value was only to be had by owning millions of Dior handbags. I mean, and then it just trickled on and on and on. And we were sending them to each other. And I couldn't believe how many reactions. And a lot of women said, I'm raising young boys. And while I obviously know about the worries of the patriarchy, I don't like the overarching tone that you get sometimes today that you know, little girls are great and little boys are naughty and bad by their very essence inherited from the patriarchy. I don't think that that's what Mary Grazia Ture is trying to say, but that's how some people reacted to it. 
anyway, it's interesting. But I think Loïc is right. The fact that we're all having this conversation and have oh, been sure. having it all for week. Sure. I mean, agreed. There was also then the added thing of the Polanski, which has brought that uh, even ch- closer. Cherry to- on the cake. Yeah. Icing on the cake. No, but I really, um, thanks to Maria Casa Curie, I got to read uh, uh, feminist theories, mm-hmm. uh, texts about rape that I would not have read, yeah. I have to say, frankly, mm-hmm. without her. And she really uh, educated me a lot since she's at your with those subjects, uh, which are really, really important. And I feel I'm, I'm part of the patriarchy in a way, in many ways. And I feel that I, I'm a better guy maybe than now than I was because she, I'm, I'm a fashion guy and I go to Dior and I, I really, my job is to analyze what they do. And so she, she, she put um, little, um, little ideas, I, I, mean, I guess, in, in my mind. So we say, say thank right, you. But oui, voilà, merci, Marie-Gradia. Oh, no, this is, I wanted to ask you a question that you asked me the other day. Ooh. Is fashion left-wing or right-wing? Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, this is your question. It's a big paradox, huh? I think uh, fashion is a huge um, uh, um, a leftist student, a rioting student who wants to destroy everything and, um, and make a point and uh, really uh, renverser tout mm. and, uh, um, and, and at the same time it's a, a fascist um, le- uh, right wing capitalist. capitalist who wants to rule the world with his whims and pollute all the rivers with his uh, t-shirts it, it's the same guy there's the same in so the same like, body. It's like people that have like secret suppressed personality, like a t- double personality. Yeah. Oh, it's really weird. 90s supermodels or Hadids? Hadids. I love the Hadids. They're so nice. And they're now, I mean, the 90s supermodels. I loved, um, I have a passion for Linda Evangelista. The, the seasons where she was changing uh, uh, the hair all the time. And um, I was watching the other day shows from 89, 90. They were good. 91, when they arrive, it's like, boom. It's really like it becomes, this, they, they really changed the way fashion was uh, presented and they really made it exciting. And the clothes seems really better. Like still now, when you, you, you see the two years before they arrive, and then when they arrive, it's like amazing how they, uh, they upped the, the spectacle of it. But the Hadids, uh, they really, they, they really, I think they, they put, this season, I think they really put attention of great designers. Like they went to Jacques Mus, mm-hmm. they, they went to Lanvin. They, I think they really helped, uh, or what, what Bella did, did for Mugler yeah. and Casey Cadwallader and mm. Mugler, uh, in October, 2019, mm. appearing at, uh, opening the show with this incredible butt hugging, uh, number cat suit. I, I think she really put Mugler on, on the map, like, Totally. It was not at that, at that time before that. And uh, so I think they're really using their power for, for good stuff, which mm-hmm. is highlighting mm-hmm. new designers and not, um, not only, um, doing Tommy Hilfiger appearances. Yeah. That yeah they're really jobs. just yeah, not yeah. in it for the cash. They seem to clear, clearly care about fashion. Yeah. And they're really respectful. And when I, I see them at, uh, at a fashion show backstage, they're really humble. They're really nice. When you ask a question to them, they have really intelligent answers and clever stuff. I mean, I really am in awe. I interviewed Bella backstage at <coughs> Victoria's Secret uh, when Trump had just been elected. And I was kind of like, literally, he'd just been elected. And I was like, can I talk to these girls who have so much sway and are so big and she just become taking over the world? And the only one who, after the series of questions about their workout, who I felt could really do that was Bella Hadid. And she gave me the most succinct, well-thought-out answer. I couldn't believe it. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with her. What about using your power as a social media, a leader of thought in the younger communities um, to sway public opinion towards good. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed, and I think they do do that. I talked to Bella Hadid about uh, how crazy her schedule was, and she was really um, frank about it, saying, yeah, sometimes I, uh, 
I've been uh, working every day for four, four months or five months and, uh, and she, she told me about how, how sometimes she was crying and uh, unable to stop crying and, and never a mother told me that in this frank way mm. and, and wow. public way and like really telling the truth and because I, I, and I think it's really important because sometimes uh, young girls can be oh I want to be a model which is good and uh, but it's good that the uh, highest um, paid model of the time say that it's really difficult it's mm. not a mental health uh, paradise honesty just job. a bit of honesty you know yeah impressive Wait. So Hadid's, yeah, Team Hadid. Team Hadid. Oh, I love them. Okay. So I want to ask you to close this off. What your favorite thing from this whole fashion month has been? Apart from obviously being stuck at home, there must have been something that really stood out to you. What, what was the best thing? Um, I don't know. I, I was really amazed by how the ideas come from. I was watching yesterday's... Um, the quite abstract set at Chanel. The I was watching um, the construction of clothes at uh, at Line, this new brand. Yeah. I was watching um, uh, Casey uh, Casey Cadwallader and this red outfits oh. that looked oh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was amazing. I, and I was like, where do those ideas come from? And I didn't I didn't have the answer. Like, is it a meeting they had? Is it? Who had this is the, the megalomany, total megalomany to have these ideas? Or, or is it is, is it poetry? Is it uh, a competition? Is it a ego? Is it um, uh, showing off money? Is it uh, restraint? Like I think the restraint at Jacquemus was really interesting, and I was like still amazed I'm, I've been following fashion for a long time but still I don't really don't understand it and I, I, I think it's really marvelous like we're living really tough times and fashion is, is is responding to those times sometimes in a very arrogant way sometimes in a very humble way and I really love it like how how we can still express stuff through fashion it's really amazing to me I think that was a great note to end on <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Loïc. Bisous les filles. Bisous. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, thank you, Loïc, for the interview we've been waiting for all of our fashion lives. And coming out of quarantine for Fashion No Filter, we deeply appreciate it. Big up. And now to conclude, we would absolutely love to read um, some of our favorite quotes from Loïc's book of quotations overheard at Fashion Week and in fashion offices called Pass Me the Champagne, There's a Cat in My Throat. These are also on Loic's Twitter and Instagram accounts regularly, so if you don't already follow him, get involved. 
Wait, I just boarded the wrong plane. Let me call you back. Any allergies? Yes, mediocrity. What's the trend this season? A sustainable bourgeoise. She always has a big coffee. It makes her hands look tiny. Oh, I thought I took a vitamin C, but it was a sleeping pill. I could just never get serious with a guy who wears V-neck t-shirts. You can do whatever you want. It's just that Jackie Kennedy would never have done that. And this one's for you, Loïc. Merci so much. As Monica said, I would vividly recommend you going to follow Loïc Prigent on all social media outlets, in particular Instagram and Twitter, because such pearls of wisdom can be found on there every day and they always make me chuckle and I'm sure they will make you laugh too. Um, thank you so much to Loïc for coming out of quarantine for us today. We've said it a few times, but it felt like a big deal to have him here when the fashion industry has been missing him so much this week. Um, and to you, our lovely listeners, thank you for always being so loyal and coming back for more. Um, we hope that you loved this one. We really, really enjoyed chatting to Loïc. And we have been taking your recommendations in, um, into consideration and we are working on our next list of guests. Please don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.